Welcome to Canoe Creek Christian Church's podcast. Our mission is to help others connect with Christ, grow together, and go share Jesus with their world. We are located at 4080 Pine Tree Drive. Our services are Sunday morning at 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30 a.m. You can also find our services online through Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening today. So in the late 1800s, George Eastman had a vision to put a camera into everybody's hands so that photography could be just a general thing that everybody's able to do. And of course, Kodak created the very first camera known as the Brownie camera. And then they went on for the next 90 years to control 90% of the market. Well, what's interesting about that story is uh, in 1975, Stephen Sasson, who was an electrical engineer for Kodak, basically presented we can do digital photography, a way to make that possible. And it was in 1992 that they could have put a camera out on the market that was a digitally, uh, uh, digital camera, basically, and the board voted against it. And the rest is history, right? We saw Kodak just disappear from the face of the earth over 2000 to, to 2010, it was in 1977 that a, basically a large leading computer manufacturer said the idea of putting personal home computers in every home is ridiculous. But then it was uh, Steve Jobs who stood in front of an auditorium of people and cast a vision that if they could find a way to network all these home computers together, that people would want to buy them and have them in their homes. That was four years before anybody knew anything about what we call the internet. Pretty interesting. Having vision is just having an idea about how to get from point A to point B regarding the mission that you're on. When you combine that idea with passion for God, a desire to trust him, a desire to follow him, you have an idea that uh, will lead to glorifying God and leading other people around you potentially to a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Sometimes the idea is as simple as a turquoise table and your front lawn. We just watched that video a minute ago, and and it was a good video. And and what I want to highlight is what she said. I mean, she had this mission that she wanted to share God with her community, and she had this vision of putting a turquoise table in her front lawn, and it worked. But look at what she said. She said that listening and being present were not skills that came naturally for her. I think when we see a story like that, we just think, oh, well, they're an extrovert, or oh, they're creative, or that's for them, but not for me. And we we talk ourselves out of the responsibility of applying the mission of God in our lives in various ways as he leads us to accomplish different visions within our life as well. Vision is nothing more than Applying courage and strength to the ideas that God gives us in accomplishing the mission that he has for us, which is what this one lady did with putting a turquoise table in her front yard. We're calling today Vision Sunday because we want to talk about some things that we're looking at and focusing in on this year, but also want to look a little ways out for you as well. I realize that uh, mission and vision are sometimes used interchangeably. We talk about them as the same thing, and they overlap a lot, and um, 
so on and so forth, but they are different, you know. For example, our mission is not unique. It's universal. Think about it. The last words that Jesus gave to us are our first priority. Uh, Jesus said, Matthew uh, 28, 18 through 20, going to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded, and I'll be with you to the very end of the age. This is the mission of the church. Whether you're in the church in St. Cloud, or you're in the church in Myanmar, or you're in a church across the other side of our nation, it doesn't matter. All of us have the exact same mission. Now, we, we may have different ways in which we get there. Um, mission is the day-to-day focus. We say it all the time here at Canoe Creek. Once a week, go share Christ with your world. That is our mission. Vision is how we're getting there, where we're going, what we're doing, so to speak. Now, I want to read a very well-known proverb to you. It's known very well, too, for being taken out of context. I promise you, I will not take it out of context this morning with you. I'll keep it in context. But it's Proverbs 29, verse 18. I'm going to read two different versions. By that, some of you are thinking there's different versions of the Bible. Well, when we translate from the original language, sometimes there's different words that can be used to translate a concept. And the NIV, which is what we use predominantly here, flows well with the English. I also want to use the NASB, which is a little bit more literal. It doesn't read as easy, but I think both of them really bring out this text in a, in a great way. So let's follow along here. Proverbs 29:18, the NIV first. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Now as we read that in the NASB, a little bit more literal, it says, Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. I like both the translations. I think that they're both essential. Uh, NIV keeps focus. The vision is the word of God. And then the NASB uh, keeps in mind that God's word gives us vision. It, it helps paint a picture for us of how to trust him, how to follow him, and what he's preparing for us as well. And when we put our trust in his word, it will build excellent restraints in our lives and lead us to be blessed and that overflows into a blessing to others around us as well. Let me talk briefly about the years 2022 to 2027. All right, that five-year period that's not too far down the road. Let me just share a few things with you. On January the 2nd, 2022, I will stand on the stage one year basically from today, and I will cast a vision that I'm calling the 555 vision. Basically, it is a 15-year vision for what I pray God will do in and through this church to help us share God's word with over 15,000 people. Now, I think our first response, some of us are like, man, 15 years, that's a long way out, too far out for me. It's really not. It's really not. Then some of us are probably saying, 15 years, Ross, I'm not going to be here 
in 15 years, Ross. I get it, but my question to you is, will your legacy be here? Your kids may be here. Your grandkids may be here. They may be elders in the church. They may be serving in ministries from a greeter to a small group leader to planning a church or to going on mission somewhere. You know, you may not be here, but will your legacy be here 15 years from now? And then I get it. Some of you are saying, listen, I get it. 15 years is really not that far out. Uh, Probably those of us who are north of the 40s and 50s understand that more than others. Um, But still, Ross, it's like, man, I can't remember what I ate last night. Listen, respect. I get it. I understand it. Um, I have the same struggle in my life. That's why it's the 555 vision. We will break it down into thirds, three phases, and take it with bite-sized chunks. For example, this first phase, the first five years from year 22 to 27, here's some things that are absolutely imperative as far as I see them. I believe it is essential that we transition all of our material, all of our signs, all of our communications on website and so on and so forth to be bilingual. It's absolutely imperative that we have English and Spanish being used for our community around us. And that we have small groups that are Spanish-speaking groups only. And my prayer is, is that within that five-year period, we can also plant a Spanish-speaking church right here in our own facility. Why spend tons of money to buy and build facilities or rent when you've got a building right here that's available constantly throughout the week to where we can have an amazing work of God being done here. I also believe it's essential that we will provide bigger things for our family ministries. Within that five-year scope, 22 to 27, it's absolutely essential that our family ministries, children ministry, student ministry, gets the resources that keeps up with the vision that they have. Right now, our children's ministry, when it comes to volunteers, we're lacking. When it comes to space, they're busting at the seams. Student ministry is sprawling all over this building. I realize some of it's precautionary because of COVID, but it's not just COVID. The problem is, is their vision has grown so tremendously. If you remember, you were here for the Say Yes program. That idea was to get us to where we are. Now their vision is far outpaced this facility. And in that five-year period, we have to provide for them facilities that meets their vision because it is imperative in our culture, in our community. That is the future of the church and essential. And so the third thing that I'd see in those five years that are so important is we must build our adult education program to have so much more of a robust scope and sequence to meet every individual where they are and lead them from that point to being a fully devoted follower of Christ who does the same for others. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more here as we transition, because now I wanna bring us back down into, okay, well, that's 22 through 27. What are we doing now? What are we doing today? What are we doing in 2021? My prayer is that we increase the presence of God in our lives, and there's a simple theme for 2021. It's one word, it's with. That is, we want to learn how to live with the presence of God daily. It will bring significant joy That'll be a blessing. It'll put restraints in our life that lead us to trust and follow God's word in a powerful way. It'll overflow to others and we will be for others just in the sense of the the blessedness of God overflowing from us to other people will impact our community around us as well. Now, here's the thing. 
As usual, the strength of our church is the direct result over each one of us embracing the plan of God for our lives. The vision we have is only possible when each one of us, God's church, allows the power of God to work in our lives. Essentially saying, we've got to tighten up our belt buckles, we've got to charge the hill, We've got to get ready for what God is preparing for us in the future. Here's the amazing thing about Canoe Creek. We are here today. We're still impacting the community around us today after uh, 17 going on 18 years because of one reality. All of you. All of us together have chosen when need be. When God calls us to be deeper into his mission, to a bigger vision of how we can accomplish it, all of you have stood up. All of you have charged the hill. All of you have said, hey, include me. Let's go do it. That is why Canoe Creek has been successful to this point. Let me just give you three things that are key focuses for this year, 2021. One of them, you already know about it. We'll continue to improve our worship culture encouraging God's presence in our lives. We started talking about this in October. It was a preparation for today. We did something different in how we worship together, which is what we're doing today. We're worshiping together in a little bit different fashion to really get us to focus in on how are we inviting the presence of God into our lives. Listen, it has everything to do with how we gather together on a Sunday morning, but it's not limited to that. It has everything to do with how we go out on a Monday and work at our job or spend time with our family or go to our school and do what we do. See, we live in such a materialistic, a growingly materialistic culture that's driven by fame that the rise of the idea of celebrity pastors, celebrity worship, is absolutely ridiculously robbing us of a good vision of what worship is. Worship has been downgraded to the idea that I sang a song, therefore I worshiped. Listen, the idea of worship being singing is like holding up a grain of sand and saying, look, I've got a beach. I mean, it's such a dramatically less vision of worship, then Paul presents to us when he told the church in Rome these words, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Our worship culture here must seek each and every week to transform all of us, every one of us in a seat, into a choir. It's lifting the praises of God through songs, uh, through scriptures, through prayers, through holy communion, and more that's inspiring and shaping and forming our hearts to do what? Go out and be the mission. Share Christ with our world. You know, another thing that we've got to continue to press into this year is we'll continue to improve our culture of community. Encouraging godly fellowship. Listen, we in St. Cloud, we know how to fellowship around some things really well. Sports is a big one. Uh, some of us know how to fellowship around alcohol. Some of us know how to fellowship around our hobbies, so on and so forth. My question to you is, are those atmospheres of fellowship 
increasing your in your time, dominating your time, taking away from your opportunity to fellowship around other people with one thing in mind, how am I growing spiritually? At the end of the day, I'm not responsible for your spiritual growth. I'm responsible to send the boot your way every once in a while as much as I am for myself. But the reality of it is, is you're responsible for your spiritual growth. And whether or not you're increasing in your knowledge of God and your plan to serve his mission as you carry out vision within your life as well. And so we've got to continue to work on increasing godly fellowship through groups that are manifold. As I mentioned before, having this broader uh, vision of scope and sequence for uh, bringing people into uh, adult Bible fellowship, so to speak, or adult uh, education, so to speak, at multiple levels. That is, somebody may just need uh, a group that circles around something they love or they know, and that there's godly influence there. Maybe they love underwater basket weaving. I don't care. Motorcycles or something else. Maybe they love going on mission trips. They want to spend a whole year with the team that they know they're going to go on a mission trip with. That's awesome. It will encourage them to know God more. And as well as groups that are on the far other end where they're studying scriptures verse by verse or studying concepts in our world verse by verse in a very deep way to grow. Uh, Some have their toe in the water. Some are swimming at the deep end. Neither one is right or wrong. It's just a reality of where we are or where somebody else is. And we have got to provide a manifold ways for people to come into that and experience uh, godly fellowship through that. It's one of the reasons why this year we were planning on having uh, this new uh, basically thing for small groups put into place, and that is more of a free market system. Look, if you want to start a group based around a passion that you have, based around a study that you want to do, great. How can we resource you? How can we help you? Because that is what we want to do, empower discipleship and empower community in that way. Listen, we want to lead a receptive person from unbelief to belief, a new believer to being a mature believer, and all Christians to being fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And we can't do that in one-size-fits-all spandex. So it's absolutely essential that we grow this need for a, a broader, a grander scope and sequence of education leading people to that place, no matter where they're at. Now listen, one last thing is that we will continue to improve our culture of leadership, basically empowering discipleship. Now, I think when people hear that word, they think, okay, well, he's talking about you know, senior leaders, elders, so on and so forth. No, I'm talking about leadership. Everybody sitting in here is leading in some form or fashion, whether it's at home, whether it's here, whether it's you're a greeter, whether you're an elder, whether you serve as a small group leader or whatever it may be. And here's what's important. We can't just simply focus on how do we develop elders? How do we develop volunteers? How do we develop ministry team leaders or some other term? We need to just talk about how are we developing people to know and to trust God more fully and then allow the spirit to work in their life with how they're gifted to bring them to a function in their life that, that, that matters to serving his mission. So we've gotten too focused at times on hierarchy. There, there shouldn't be no hierarchy within the church. There are people of certain giftedness that are called to do certain things. It doesn't make them any better or any different than somebody who's doing something 
different. It's just a reality of how God has empowered his church for us to to empower others through a mode of discipleship and empowerment, which is so important for us to recognize. Here's the main point in this. We have been a church that has placed a lot of emphasis on doing over the years. It is time we fine-tune our focus on developing people. Now look, that doesn't mean we're going to stop doing things. And it doesn't mean that we haven't been developing people in years past. But it does mean that we have reached a place where we have to be even far more intentional about how we're developing people in their walk with Christ and encouraging their gift to be used in the church to accomplish the mission that God has laid out for all of us. Let me just give you a couple of quick illustrations there. Um, Starting last year, I invited men into my house to meet with me and for us to gather together and just simply grow together. The only thing I'm kicking myself in the butt for right now is I didn't start that 10 years ago. You know, and, and can you imagine what that'll look like 15 years from now? Can you imagine the kind of growth that'll come out of that? What if you started doing that? What if you, as a, a woman of God, desired to see other ladies mature in their faith, just say, hey, I'm going to invite five women into my life this year, and we're going to grow together over the course of the year, so on and so forth. Uh, another, another idea, example here is I've always loved this idea and vision of how the church has to be so much more manifold than what we've constrained it to be within our culture. By that, I mean this. Imagine a child in our children's ministry growing up, getting those influences, having their small group leader, then they come into sixth grade and they have that same small group leader with them all the way through until they graduate. And they're excited and they go off to college and they've been trained. What does it mean to be a disciple? How do I disciple others? What does a church look like? How do I share my faith with other people? And they go off to church and they're all excited, or they go off to college and they're all excited, and they get there and they really cannot find a church they believe is truly biblical, has great leadership, and they're really wrestling with that. And so they just simply start sharing the faith with people in their dorm room. Next thing you know, there's two of them are meeting together once a week, three, four, five, six. You know, where two or three are gathered together, that is where the Lord is present. There can be a church atmosphere within that. Imagine one of our students leading a, a revolution, so to speak, you know, of God taking over a campus just because they started with a small Bible study that we don't perceive as being church, but yet it was very much church to them. And, and these are all realities that can happen if we just empower and encourage discipleship. These are three really important areas that we need to focus in on. Let me ask you this question. If Canoe Creek suddenly disappeared, would it matter? I know that some of you are thinking, yeah, it'd matter. If I showed up, doors were locked on Sunday, I couldn't get in here. I mean, no matter what level you have decided to connect with us, whether you're financially partnering with us, whether you're serving, using your gift somewhere within this church ministry, or, or something else, I mean, I'm, I'm certain. But have you driven around the community lately? I was just driving through some areas that used to be nothing but woods and and farmland here recently. I was blown away with those people who do not have a relationship with God recognize if Canoe Creek wasn't here, recognize they didn't have a church that was for them. I think it matters. Let me ask you this question. What role do you play in making God's presence known in this community through your role at Canoe Creek? What are you doing? What are we doing? Chris Hill Scott, John Reynolds, 
and Ben Midlock started an adventure in 2008. They develop an AI-backed keyboard that taps into your tendencies and your social media information, and it finishes your sentences for you when you're texting something. Yes, these are the three guys that you can hold accountable for why you sent stupid texts because it auto-corrected when you didn't want it to auto-correct. And here's what's interesting. After two years, they launched this in beta, and it soared. In fact, they had over 300 million users download it uh, very quickly. Eight years later, in 2016, Microsoft bought it for $250 million. So the vision paid off, almost. At least it paid off for two of them. Um, in what he now calls his biggest mistake of his life, Chris Hillscott speaks out about his decision to withdraw from the project just two months in. Reynolds and Midlock had the vision to see through the long hours, the difficult work, and Hillscott did not. And in the end, Hillscott made enough money off the project to buy a bicycle. Vision helps us stay the course and pushes us through hard times. It gives us the ability to remain strong and be courageous and see what can't be seen even when everyone around us is telling us you're crazy. Whether that's just generally or specifically, like to you, no, you're crazy, you can't be a Christian, you can't follow God, or you can't do this, or you can't accomplish that because of your history, because of your background, because of who you were, so on and so forth. You know, this is always a reality with people around us. Sometimes people just want to keep us down because they see how we're soaring and they don't like it. But the reality of it is, is vision helps us push through to stay the course and to remain strong. And this is where we come back to the passage. Uh, the Proverbs passage speaks of the lack of vision or revelation, that is God's word, in our life. And, and the Proverbs says that when we lack his word or his presence in our life, we will lack restraints, good godly restraints, that will lead us to a place of blessing. So let me just impress upon you this one last thought, this application to this. I want to invite you to find a quiet place. No less than a full day. I know that may be hard. You may have to ask people to watch your kids for you or something like that. Uh, but did you notice something? You may just be catching up to this, or maybe you asked your neighbor a little while ago, are my eyes deceiving me? No, I'm not on the stage. I'm just on the screen. I know we've become accustomed to just looking at screens, and probably right now some of you are like, oh, wow, major revelation. Ross actually isn't here. I'm in my quiet place. Uh, maybe you had the opportunity, ability to do that, to take two or three days away, to get an Airbnb somewhere, and just be quiet and let God speak. So open up his word, read through the scriptures, just be prayerful, get everything pressed out, and just let him speak. And here's what I want you to do. In that quiet place, I want you to envision yourself standing in January of 2022. It's only 12 months away. 
It's right around the corner. And I want you to write out in past tense the things that you've done, the things that you've accomplished. Here's, here's my instruction. Be specific, be clear. Be specific, be clear. Let me give you an example. I sat down and read the Bible with my children on an average of four times a month during the year 2021. Or it might be, I recorded 20 times my boss or coworkers were rude to me and I responded in kindness. Whatever it is, I don't care, but you write it down as a vision for the next 12 months in your life like you have accomplished it. And then begin to press forward to that vision using these three simple questions during this quiet time and maybe to guide you all throughout the year. First one is this, and they're all guided by this proverb, so it's easy to get them, but I will leave the slides up on the screen for just a minute so you can, you can write them down as fast as possible. How will you encourage the revelation of God in your life in 2021? Listen, we're providing Core 52 as a potential. If you've got something that works better, great. But how are you going to encourage the presence of God in your life, his revelation, his vision, his word, constantly. And, and here's the thing, whether it's you write something out as a, a statement that you want to see accomplished in this next year, or it's just being present with God and you fall off, stay the course. You know, okay, two months later, you feel like giving up. Maybe you gave up in March. Get back on it in, in April, May. Stay the course. Uh, that's what vision is called uh, to do in our lives. All right, next question. What restraints do you pray God's presence will support? You know yourself better than anybody knows you other than God. You know your pitfalls. You know your mistakes. You know your struggles. You know your problems. And I want to encourage you, sit down and write them out. Make them a prayer card to pray every day. Lord, you know that I struggle with X, Y, Z. Restrain me. Let your word guard and guide me so that I can be better for you and your mission, and be, a, be blessed in my life as I bless others around me as well. And the last question, how will you use the blessing of God to share Christ with your world? How will you go share Christ with your world? Right, we are blessed by God so that as we draw in closer to him, it becomes an overflow of our life. It doesn't become a duty of our life. It becomes a joy it becomes enjoyable, and we just love doing it. And we are a blessing to other people because we see how he's blessing us in hard times and in good times. How will you bless others with how God is going to bless you? So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a time of prayer. I'm gonna invite our uh, prayer partner to come up to just kind of crystallize these thoughts in our heart to pray for us. Doug will come up after that and lead us in communion. And after that, uh, Kenny is going to lead us in a really phenomenal song that I think can be a high point of praise in our life um, regarding this thought and regarding our desire uh, to be very visional for God in 2021. We pray that we will allow this vision of God's word to take root in our hearts so that we will accomplish the mission of God individually and collectively as his church.
Heavenly Father, as we begin this year, help us individually and collectively as your church to represent you where we go. Let us see as your people and help in your good works. You have taught us to care for others by your examples and teaching. Let us be a shining light in this community so that everyone knows where they can come to hear your message and learn about your son and his gift to each and every one of us. People are watching us to see if we really believe what you teach. We can only prove how great you are by following your instructions to help others to be a blessing to their community. We ask you to protect us and guide us. And I say these things in your son's name. Amen.